When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night, this is Extra Time on SENZ. I'm gonna call it now. It is 6 o'clock. Welcome into Extra Time. Mark Watson with you through to 10 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to having your company. The telephone number is 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. You can text us here on Uh Coming up between 7 and 8, the focus will very much on women's rugby with Kirsty Stanway taking you between 7 and 8. It'll be an eclectic mix of sport between 8 and 10. We'll talk some water polling. We'll talk some surf lifesaving. We will talk some cycling and of course we'll give people a chance still to have their say on all the big sporting matters. Just want to emphasise that telephone number again because talkback is a better experience when you do get yourself involved. 0800 150 This hour, this hour, we're very, very lucky to have the voice of the America's Cup in studio, yachting commentator Peter Lester. There is a lot going on in sailing at the moment. We've got Sail GP, we've got the America's Cup, we're having success in the Wasps, which is a, a class of a smaller boat. Uh, there's been a lot of innovation happening in around Team New Zealand as well. The release recently of a completely hydrogen-powered chase boat. We've got the land speed record that they're looking to try and capture through sail power. Why? Because there is just maybe some technology, maybe some data, some intellectual property that they can take from that that they can then apply to this next America's Cup campaign. Now, if you've got a question for Peter Lester, you want to be part of the conversation, feel free, guys. 0800 150 811 is the number. Peter Lester, good evening, welcome. G'day, Waldo, how are you, mate? Good yeah, to see you. Very, very well, thank you. Um, Canterbury beat Auckland Friday night. You'd be pleased with that? Oh, I was very happy with that, actually. I was re- I've forgotten the guy's name. First 5'8", new guy, just out of school. Fergus Burke? No, no. no. He, Burke didn't play. I was really impressed. Yep. Sorry, forgot his name. They always produced very good first no, fives. Very good, very good. Good to see. And they were strong. Yeah. But um, it's also a bit of an indictment, isn't it, on the state of Auckland club rugby when that's the best Auckland can put out? Yeah, Auckland were a bit off the pace, really, and, uh, you know, they out-thought, out-muscled, really, by, by Canterbury. I was very happy about that, Watto, as you know. Mm. Um, OK, let's just quickly get your thoughts on that, All Blacks. A very, very good win at Eden Park. Nobody can take the win away. Um, but, boy, we've got short memories here. I still, for me, with Ian Foster, for me, we need to win. We need to beat Wales, Scotland and England 
in three weeks. So a week apart, over a three-week period, for me to 100% believe that somehow we've turned the tide. I find it very hard. Look, I'll say this right now. I'm not an Ian Foster fan. I still don't think he should be all-black coach. I think Joe Schmidt, Jason Ryan are the reasons why, if this all-black team have turned themselves around, are the reasons for that. And people can go, you can't say that. Well, you can, because if you're going to make Plumtree and others the scapegoat for when the team's not performing, then you then have to give credit to the assistant coaches when the team starts performing. Well, you know, you know it better than I do. I, I, I I'm just a punter watching, watching and following rugby. But looks like certainly Jason Ryan and and Schmidt have turned the team round in terms of the the tactics that I observe as a, as a novice rugby follower. Um, who impressed me? I I thought uh, Ritalik and and was fantastic on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, he was excellent. That was just, as good as I've seen from Brady and Whitelock. The, the, both of them, I, for me... Yeah, Whitelock just missed an early tackle early where they almost scored the first two or three minutes, but outside of that, superb. And his captaincy. Yeah. I, I thought he led he led them around the park. I thought he was good. Mm, okay, we will move away from the overball. We will talk some sailing. Uh, so just give us what's happening inside Team New Zealand. Uh, I mean, clearly starting to set themselves up over there in Barcelona. Yeah, well, they, yeah, as all the teams are. Um, Team New Zealand getting on with business and they're out of the media, which I'm really happy about. But they've had plenty on, certainly in that technology field. And and I think Ian Taylor, you know, from animation, from ARL down in animation research in, in Dunedin, he sums Team New Zealand upright up to say, hey, they're a technology company that happens to do sailing because the brain power. I've been lucky enough to have um, been a little bit involved over the last few weeks with some of the designers from Team New Zealand, and and they're young, they're hungry, they're innovative, and and for me they are still the reason why you win the America's Cup. The fastest boat wins the America's Cup, and they're working pretty hard at that at the moment. They've got this hydrogen powerboat out there ripping around the harbour, and that's going better than they thought it would would in terms of its. Um, uh, its speed, but more importantly, how long it can keep going okay. around the golf. Yeah, yeah, but what what relevance does that have to us winning the America's Cup? Oh, uh, uh, more that it keeps them. It's innovative. It's creative. It's technology. So, so it's more about leveraging Toyota's involvement, is it? Yeah, but Toyota involved with the fuel cell, or and um, but but each team under the protocol for the next America's Cup has to have one. They, they made that part of the rules. So you're actually going to see these new technologies, not just by Team New Zealand, but by all the teams. In terms of... They have to have one of these hydrogen-powered or hydrogen-fueled chase boats, trying to move away from fossil fuels out on the water. Okay, so, so it's about social responsibility as much well, as anything. you look at the America's Cup and you look at the, the horsepower that's out there in terms of slapped on the back of powerboats to tow and to service and tow these boats around. They're trying to move away from that re- reliance on those um, you know, big horsepower support boats and moving into into uh, alternative fuel. I think it's great. Okay, but I'll ask you a question though, but who's paying for this? Because there's been a lot of discussion. Why is Team New Zealand going off Barcelona? Why are we not competing here? And the answers come back, well simply there's no money here. We simply can't afford to stay here in New Zealand and be successful. We can host it but we won't win it. I mean 
but then going investing money in hydrogen-powered fuel cells for chase boats? Is that really the best spend of money? Yeah, but I don't think it's from the team budget. I think you'll find that uh, Toyota are using it as a, as a test bed for, for their ongoing hydrogen development. Um, my understanding, it's like the, the um, land speed record they're going for using sail. That is not paid for by the team. That's paid for outside of the mm. team budget and I believe the hydrogen project hydrogen power boat project technology is also the same okay let's just talk about team New Zealand so they've put in the water what their first what boat? the rules yeah well it's yeah their first or practice ob- boat practice boat 40 half size so 40 foot long remember the AC boats are 75 feet. Yep. You're only allowed one new boat for this next for the 37th America's Cup. But you are allowed to have these half-size boats. So they're 40 foot long. They're, they are one design. Um, they're, they're actually built in um, by McConaughey's up in, in China. Reason being is volume. Because each team can have multiple 40-footers, half-size boats. The first one out of the mould is the New Zealand one, and that's actually out on the Gulf now. So in terms of it, just, so, so you're saying, though, it's one design. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, one design. Out, so, so they're what's they're the identical. Now, the benefit is in, in terms of they can use that platform and put different wings on it. They can use that platform. So they're given a box, and within the parameters of that box, they can change it out and do some things for their own in-house testing then what they're going to do so, with so, them, so what then so what is it the hull and the sails and stuff yeah, the, are, the, the, are one design one design one design then they can some of the control systems some of the electronics uh, certainly in terms of the wing development they can play then when it gets to the time where those boats are going to race and they're going to be used uh, for the World Series next year in, two, in 2023 They'll, they uh, they um, will be used by the Youth America's Cup and the Women's America's Cup. They actually go back to pure one design, so they'll all be exactly the same. So they're a test bed for the teams to develop their own special kit, and then later on in the campaign they go back to one design and they're giving, going to be given to the you know, the youth and the woman. Four people on board, the control system, the flight control system, you don't have Blair Took on the uh, on the PlayStation, is is automated. So that takes a lot of the the real tricky bits mm. that you need to know how to keep the boat flying. I was just saying to somebody, it was only, what, a couple of years ago we had the America's Cup here and you have this incredible amount of expertise in these academics and these physicists, hydrodynamic experts, as you said, a technology company, and you're pushing the absolute boundaries of technology. But it's amazing how quickly times move on and how quickly the previous design becomes obsolete. Where is the innovation? Where is the revolution in design going to come from? I mean, how much... Where, where do you find the edge? Surely, surely the previous America's Cup pushed it as far as you can push it. No. Glenn Ashby summed that up. I said, hey, I remember at the last the last Cup saying to Glenn, where are they at? And he said, mate, I, I reckon there's 60% left in these boats. Because each America's Cup where they change the boats, new rule, the first year can be big gaps, big differences in performance. Second time round, you're not going to see those big speed differences. And, of course, if they go a third and fourth time round, it gets like it was when we were in Valencia. Um, I, I'm predicting this, the 37th America's Cup in Barcelona will be a lot, lot closer racing than what we saw in Auckland. Where will the innovation come, though? 
Oh, wings, wings, foils, and and I think in the mainsails because the mainsails on these boats are actually two sails on mm. one mast. Now, how they interact with each other and how the battens work in that mainsail to make the to make the the soft wing is really tricky. Now, surely Team New Zealand, being the host of the Americas Cup and pretty much having the ability to establish the next protocols in and around design, etc. They must, they must be ahead of the game before they've come out with those requirements. They're not going to just suddenly make up a whole lot of stuff and not have the IP before they make those recommendations or put those rules in place. Balancing act, though, because if you make it too one-sided, people won't enter. People won't come to the party. Alinghi would not be there, so that's an Esto Berta rally, unless the Swiss think they've got a chance of winning. And remember, they've already run, won the America's Cup. They won it here. Mm. Um, they haven't come back just uh, to be nice to the America's Cup community. They've come back. So they think they've got a shot, and they have. Um, so I think Team New Zealand has actually had to play the balancing act between saying, well, you know, we've got the, we're ahead in the technology after the 36th Cup, which we had here, but we want entries for the 37th America's Cup. Therefore, the rules have to be fair enough to entice challengers to challenge. Okay. And I think they've done that quite well. I watched the recent, my daughter had a birthday and we hired out a movie theatre, I watched the recent Maverick movie, Top Gun. Cool, and eh? there's that line in that that says, it's the pilot, not the plane. Uh, there's a less politically correct way of saying it's the Indian, not the arrow, uh, which is one I've used for years, and I don't mean it in any any negative way at all. How much of it's the Indian? How much of it's the arrow? How much of it's the pilot? How much of it's the plane? Oh, I think in the America's Cup, and there's you know you won't get it's if you if you are not equal speed, if your technology is wanting you will get beaten. The fastest boat will win the America's Cup. What are the variables? Obviously the crew. Reliability with these sort of boats becomes a big a big factor, as we saw here, you know, it, it, um, illustrated by American mm. Magic falling over. Um, notwithstanding that, I thought at the end of the, the Cup here, the New Zealand boat was a generation ahead. So New because Ze- we didn't sail well, did we, at times? Not really. Berling, not, Berling was not at Berling's best. Berling reputation, he didn't live up to that during that America's oh, Cup up, campaign. We were terrible at starting, weren't we? Up to race six, it was three all, remember? Now, they didn't lose a race after that. They, they figured it out. Um, but take the sailing crew away. Just look at that technology. That boat was a, a generation ahead. So the New Zealanders start at a very high level compared with the other boats that were here. Remember, you're only allowed to build one boat. Here, in, when it was in Auckland, you could build two boats. That is not the case. So and, and you only get one shot. the cost down, is Yeah, it? that's cost saving. And, and just also, cost saving, Peter, or an advantage to New Zealand? Oh, adva- well, I think... Th- What's happened with robotics and with the um, you know the computerization of design? Probably the bit you do on the water is the luxury bit. So much of it is mm. done with simulation and robotics, so they know exactly what they're dealing with before they get these these beasts out on the water. Coming up to fifteen minutes after six, you're listening to SENZ. 
This is Extra Time, Mark Watson, and in studio, the voice of the America's Cup, Peter Lester. And we are putting the spotlight and focus on all things sailing, all things yachting, getting a bit of an update on Team New Zealand and the America's Cup. If you've got any questions, the telephone number is 0800 150 You can text us here on 8833. The lines are open. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more. You are listening to SENZ. The telephone number is 0800 150 811. You can text us here on 8833. After 8 o'clock, an icon of New Zealand cycling will join us on the programme, Stephen Swart. You remember, Stephen was the first guy that actually blew the whistle on Lance Armstrong. Rode the Tour de France on a number of occasions and one of our uh, premier riders back in the 1980s and 1990s. He will review the World Cycling Championships that have been staged in Wollongong in Australia. Wonderful result for Neem Fisher-Black winning the women's under-23 World Road Cycling title. Arguably, might just be the greatest achievement on the road for a New Zealand cyclist. But this out, we are talking all things sailing. Peter Lester, the voice of the America's Cup, is my guest in studio. Uh, someone's just texting in here, Peter. I do want you to address this because there is still a lot of that out there. As long as Dalton's there, America's Cup means nothing at all. It's all about the money. Break that one down for me, Peter. Why? Why? Well... The bottom line is if you want to try and defend the America's Cup for the third time, and they'll be the first team team to have defended it three times, you need enough money. You're not going to defend the Cup if you're short on budget. You're not going to compete against a Lingi or with, with the backing of Red Bull, F1, and, of course, Luna Rossa have got Ferrari, and, and Williams are, are with, um, with Ineos, with, with Ben Ainsley. The game's gone up a, a multiple levels in terms of because of the tech, technology costs you, and so we're we're dealing with these very high tech boats, pieces of equipment that cost heaps, and and for a country like New Zealand to compete, it's amazing that we compete at this level, to be honest, in, in terms of our industrial base compared with the US or Italy or or, or Europe, and and look, I. No one was gutted more than me that we, that it couldn't be here, but I understand why. And and what's driving the bus is to run that team at Emirates Team New Zealand. There's a cost, and there is a. And as you said, it's, this is a technology company. These guys that a lot of the salaries are going to are not sailors. They are they would pick up huge salaries working for technology companies anywhere in the world and take their skills and apply them to other industries. Yeah, not just yachting. Yeah. I mean, they've elected to, to use their skills in the sailing sphere. Let's get it in context. Team New Zealand, when they get fully fully up and running, probably will be 150 people. Out of that 150 people, there's probably only, and I'm guessing, there's eight, eight sailors on the boat and another probably four or five reserves. That's it. The, the, the actual sporting component is small. You look at the, the design office, They'll be in excess of 65 people in there once they get fully up and operational. And in fact, I know they're pretty heavy at the moment because right now they're starting to design that boat. That boat will have to, the build will start, I'm guessing now, April, May next year. So they're well into design already. It's it's a design solution that has a sport will, component. Will a boat be built here? Yes, built here. So in-house. It, it will be built here. Yeah, boat so built here. So the yachting industry here is still benefiting. Oh, big time. Absolutely. Even, even the 40-footers, the hulls are being built in. All of them. 
in China because there's just not the capacity here to build that yeah. amount of boats. But all the componentry, a lot of the componentry, the masts, the sails, the foil control system, all being yeah. built in New Zealand. Is the Closed date for entries closed? Do we have a confirmation on the number of challenges? Yeah, it is closed, but late entries, of course. The, the, uh, so what you've got right now are four, uh, four challenges, with the French still sitting... So what, what have we got? A lingy? We've got the British? Yes, a lingy, the British, the uh, Luna Rossa, and Ineos, the GBR. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're all capable of winning. They're, they're not soft teams. Because... When I think back, you know, to some of the really good America's Cup Challenger series, Valencia was fantastic. But even in Valencia, where you had, I can't remember, there were 10 or 12 teams. Really, there were only four at the top that were were at the level of what we're seeing here now. The regatta in Barcelona Challenger series will be red hot. Mm. Peter, we talked about the importance of the sailing crew. If you're all on an even par and the technology's all there, we're dealing with smaller percentages, then it is, it does come down to clearly the sailors. Sail GP, um, I mean, historically, when when the cat catamarans first came out, there was a lot of, I, I heard the terminology, these are basically science experiments, they're sailing science experiments, still not really fully proven, a, a sort of bit of a danger element to them. Has Sail GP allowing sailors an opportunity to master these boats or is the design with the current America's Cup boat and what we've seen in Sail GP vastly different? Um, well, it's different. You've got two hulls in Sail GP. They're cats and the, the America's Cup boats. They're all still up in foils, I guess, Look, is where I, I'm coming I from. I think there's good synergy between Sail GP and and the America's Cup, and it's it has allowed a lot of young sailors to get into the game. I think it's fantastic. I know, I'm not sure if I'm that fond of the format of Sail GP. I find there's a there's a luck element with um, only two days racing and really short. It's it's very heavily biased, in my opinion, to the start and the first mark. After that, it can become a bit of a position. So, what what changes would you like to see to Sail GP to maybe? I don't like level, the re- I don't like it out a little bit. Yeah, I don't like the reaching start. Uh, I explain that terminology to people. Well, they sail. They start with the wind at ninety degrees, whereas America's Cup now we've gone back to starting. You start into the wind. You have got to tack up wind. So, what you're seeing with Sail GP is what we experienced. So, in, in America's in Cup, San so you're Francisco. basically so in America's Cup, the start line is facing directly into the wind, and therefore, once you cross that line, you've got to decide whether you're going to whether pick, you're going to go yeah. to port or starboard tack. Yeah, pick pick a side. We are. This now, with the not, with the wind coming from one angle, you automatically know whether it's going to be starboard or port. Yeah, well, it's a drag race on starboard to the to mark one, and whoever is first, whoever what, is. What, what, what's uh, the um, yeah? What's the reason for it? What's the rationale? Oh, well, that was what they had in San Francisco in two thousand and thirteen, and it was it was spectacular there because it blows so hard, uh, and and that was just Russell Coots, Larry Ellison's solution to running the America's Cup. Now. Team New Zealand and their wisdom, along with Luna Ross, are elected to go back to how it used to be, starting up win, pre-start and start start up win. I just, hey, I might be getting old, but I, I just think that gives more options for the trailing boat. We've seen SailGP what, going, what, three years now? Yeah. it's. Have we seen an evolution or are the boats still exactly the same and when does that technology start to become a little obsolete? No, those boats uh, have been equal. It, when the, the same boats were used in the America's Cup, they weren't exactly the same. And 
probably the, one of the contributing reasons why New Zealand won in Bermuda. Mm. The SAIL GP boats are exactly the same. They've been equalised. A hell of a lot of work has gone into um, equalising them, and they share the data. So if someone comes up with a technique that makes them gives them a speed advantage, that data from uh, f- from that boat goes to all the other teams. I think it's great. I, I like SAIL GP. And, of course, we've got a regatta coming up here in Littleton, and I think that's in March. And it'll be it'll be brilliant on Littleton Harbour because it blows hard, and uh, those boats are spectacular. Mm. But yeah, I'm just trying to work out though. Um, so you win Sail GP. Um, is there a legacy in winning it? Don't think so. It's 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 another one of the pro circuits. Made for TV. Made for t- very much made for TV. TV and the TV product, in, to their credit, has got better. Is there a danger though that this? Again, particularly here in New Zealand, that we've got so many sailors that become a gun for hire. What impact does it have on our small boat development and our Olympic-based program? Oh, I think America's Cup and Sail GP has a hell of a big, you know, impact on, on especially on the Olympic program. And you, you sort of look at the sailors that are doing Sail GP and America's Cup that have been taken away from Olympic. You know, Peter Burling, Blair Tuke. Um, Josh Jr., Andy Maloney, mind you, their boats got taken away because the fin got dropped out of the Olympics. But even in Sail GP with um, Joe Ali's in there, uh, you know, um, Erica Dawson's doing Sail GP as a po- in conjunction with sailing NACRA, you know, NACRA 17 Olympic mm. campaign. So, but time on the water, you learn something. So you've sort of got to think, well, is Sail GP taking that away from the Olympic program, or is it adding? And it, because there's no doubt in my mind, those young sailors that are doing Sail GP and Olympic will be learning stuff. Ah, but we also, I think that Berlinian Tuke in Tokyo last year will below par because of Sail GP and not spending enough time in the small boats. No, I agree with you. I agree. I, I, I thought after the America's Cup here and the distraction of Sail GP for Burling and Tuke and Josh Jr., I think it had an impact on their um, Olympic campaign because they were sort of try, trying to do, maybe trying to do a, a little bit too much. My guest in studio is yachting commentator, the voice of the America's Cup, uh, Peter Lester. If you've got any sailing questions, um, you want to jump on the phone, 0800 150 811. You can text your questions through here on double eight double three. I've got a question that's come in. Ask Peter, why Australia isn't there with all their wealth? Is it that they don't have people like Alan Bond anymore? I think <laughs> Bond certainly do helped. Need, do you need to have a billionaire with an ego? You've, you've got to be able to fund it. And certainly Alan Bond saw when the Aussies won, of course, what, in um, 1983, saw it as an opportunity when they, when they won in 1983 to get it to Fremantle and he used it to do some pretty lucrative property deals and, and made a hell of a lot of money. And I think he got, Subsequently into, went to jail. He got into trouble as well. But that, <laughs> par for the cause. But you need someone with that passion, don't you? And you think of Sir Michael Fay yeah. here. You think of oh. Ernesto Bertarelli. The Aussies don't but seem but, to have anyone but see, in see, I would have thought we'd see more interest based on that out of America as well. I mean, it's a very, very wealthy country. Um, sailing amongst the wealthy is, you know, it's very much a box-ticking thing. Yeah, well, New York Yacht Club are there, of course, with American Magic. Um, whether the, you know, the, the the world economic and COVID, I, maybe that had a, an impact. There was a second uh, American challenge looking quite lively out of Long Beach uh, for a while, but it, it sort of fell, fell by the wayside. Look... <laughs> 
you often hear the, the, the cliche, you know, battle of the billionaires. And, and man, other than New Zealand, that's exactly and most what of the time, And most of the time it's what, off the water too. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the battle of the lawyers. But that, that's the flavour of the game, you know. Well, it is. I mean, if there's no skullduggery, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people sort of go, oh, look at the skullduggery, look at the niggle and look at the interpretation of the rules. It sort of reminds you of, you know, a bit like the you know, first Bledisloe Cup test where you're sort of talking about everything but the sailing on the water. Um, but, but that's that, the cup. That, but that's the brand, isn't that's, it? That's that the is cup. the America's Cup. That is the flavour of the cup that, yes, it is so much greater than the sum of its parts. I watched uh, on Netflix the other night that... Oh, the uh, Alan Bond thing. Alan Bond thing, you know, Australia too. And uh, some of it was a little bit out of context, but, man, it was a good story. Yeah, and great story. If you haven't watched it, have a look. It's, a little bit it's, Hollywood. It's a, it's a bit of a hoot, you know. Yeah. 28 minutes away from 7, Peter Lester in studio talking all things sailing, 0800 150 Just a reminder, Stephen Swart on the programme after 8 o'clock to talk the World Road Cycling Championships. We'll all go catch up with Fabian Van Roy. We'll talk the New Zealand water polo. Um, Premier League that was held over the weekend as well. Water polo, white, uh, women are ranked 10th in the world. Uh, top 10 make it to the Olympic Games. We've never had a women's team go to the Olympics, and water polo is the oldest uh, team sport at the Games. Uh, under-18s actually just finished 8th at the World Championships as well, so we'll talk some water polo between 8 and 9. It is 28 minutes away from 7. Mark Watson with you through to 10 o'clock. Between 7 and 8, we will put the spotlight and focus on women's rugby. Kirsty Stanway with that show. After 8 o'clock, we will talk some road cycling, world championships, some water polo. I might throw in a bit of surf and we'll open the lines on 0800 150 Yachting commentator Peter Lester is my guest in studio. If you'd like to have a chat with Peter, anything to do with the America's Cup, the small boats, land speed records, which we're going to touch on shortly, sail GP. Um, feel free, and you can text your questions through to on double eight double three. Let's just go back to uh, we've just had another round of Sail GP in Spain. New Zealand finishing sixth. Noticeable admission though was Ray Davies. How important is he? Oh, I th- uh, to me, Ray turned them round in terms of earlier. They weren't going too well early in the season and the end of last year. Then they sort of got their act together with two firsts and a third. And Ray, Ray's the best sailing coach, in my opinion, probably the best sailing coach in the country by quite a way. And uh, it was interesting. He wasn't in Cadiz for this one in Spain um, over the weekend, and they, they slipped back to six. Ray's a smart operator mm. and uh, very strategic, and and certainly starting has always been an area where Pete Burling probably struggles a little bit. And they came up with a, a technique where we call it time on distance. So you, you sail back from the line and then you have a time run back for the start. And they absolutely nailed that um, um, in in Denmark to, to win that regatta easily. The, now the fleet know their tactic. They've they've closed them down. They just shut down that, that you know the the opportunity to do the um, time on distance start, and uh, Ray wasn't there to probably throw a, an, another option at them, and um, they they didn't go so well. So anyway, bit of a gap now. The next one of those mm. is um, in Dubai in November. Okay, let's talk about the small boat program because we've had 49er Worlds um, we've had the 49ers FX uh, for the women and we've also had success in the WASP class now just talk just what is the WASP class is an Olympic boat no WASP isn't so it, it's a um, again it's a development of this whole foiling generation so it's a, tw- a 12 foot long it's quite small uh, it gets up on, a, on foils and uh, it has a sail that not dissimilar to a windsurfer type sail if if you can get so it, it looks really cool and they're quick, and 
certainly now that is one of the, the growing classes. And that in could terms probably of, end up being an Olympic program. Well, whether it's that or, or a monohull boat that foils. Yeah. And and the cool thing is New Zealand did really well. It, it, it was in Italy, the regatta, uh, um, and uh, Sam Street won the, the men's division. And Elise Beavis from Team New Zealand, she's a designer there, she won the women's side. One and, hell of a sailor, I understand, and too. that's a fantastic result for yep. her. And she's funny to speak. She talked about downplaying the performance. She said, oh, you know, the reason I got into design and engineering, A, I was really good at physics, and uh, I wasn't really that good at sailing. I, I love my sailing, but I'm not that good. Well, now she's a world champion. I thought that was, for me... Uh, absolutely gold standard performance by Elise. Mm. Yeah, we might look at trying to get her on the programme at some point too. I think she'd be a fascinating interview just in terms of what she does off the water um, um, in terms of her academic side and what she is doing in terms of boat design. Uh, Peter, let's talk about the 49ers because we've got a, a little bit of a changing of the guard on the men's side. No longer um, Tuke and Burling heading towards Paris. No, well, you can't do both. You cannot do the next America's Cup and the Olympics. There's just, there's just no, well, time. You, you haven't got enough time to practice and do it. And the, the regattas, the the Olympics are going to be before the America's Cup, but there's only about a month between. Um, and so Burling and Took and, and anyone else doing the America's Cup, uh, um, unfortunately, will not be at the Olympics. For Burling and Took, they were so dominant in the class for so long. What it did, it sucked in a whole bunch of young sailors into the 49er class in New Zealand. Now they're getting their chance. And uh, Isaac McCarty and, and Will McKenzie got fourth at the Worlds. That's a really good result for them. And I think they might have won Keel Week International uh, earlier in the year as well. And Logan Dunning-Beck and Oscar Gunn got seventh. So two in the top ten in, in the 49er class. That's, that, they're good results. And now the women's side is the 49ers FX? Yeah, F FX, Alex Maloney. So, 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 so what is the difference? What's the difference between a 49 sli Same hull, same boat, slightly different sail plan. The FX has slightly less sail. So just not the, quite as not quite as strong. Yeah, and, yep. and the, the women are a little bit smaller, yep. so they, they don't need the power. Alex Maloney and uh, Olivia Hobbs, uh, they got eighth, and Joe Ali, Molly Meach got 11th. Now you see uh, Alex Maloney, Molly Meach went to the games. There's been a split there. Joe Ali comes back. Of course, Joe got, um, what, uh, a gold medal and a silver medal in the 470 class. So she's hopped into the the 49er FX. That'll be um, the Olympic selection there for both those classes going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, just on that heading towards Paris, I don't know, I just have this feeling that could be a bit of a difficult time for sailing at the next Sam's. Do we have the coaching in this country? I think they're short on coaching. Do you? Yeah, How I does really. That happen? Uh, maybe you there's need to no. Be coaching, Peter. No logical progression for sailors to go in there, and, and some of the ex really good sailors don't see it as that inviting to go back coaching. But I think it's an issue for Yachting New Zealand, and I know I know they think it's an issue as well, to the extent that they've actually have to go. They've had to go offshore to get coaches, and that's not ideal in a country like New Zealand that. We, we cannot entice our, our good coaches to, to do the Olympic campaigns. OK, Peter, and so what are some of the other results in the small boats of recent times? You know, I hate to say it, but mainstream media here at times can be quite narrow in terms of their definition of sport, unless it's the America's Cup. Yeah, and NACRA 17, also, that was at that same regatta as the 49ers. Um, so the NACRA is a foiling cat small boat. Uh, Michael Wilkinson, Erica Dawson, who who also were in Tokyo. Um, Erica had broken her leg before the Tokyo That's regatta. That's right, remember that. Remember that? Brutal, yeah. Yeah, and she, she actually sailed, which Brutal. was amazing. But they got ninth. So, look, anything... 
in the top ten, two years out from the games, good Puts results. You in the mix. Yeah, a- absolutely. What what do we know about um, the venue in France for the Olympic Games? Well, it'll be in the Mediterranean. It'll be um, hot and it'll lightish. Be, uh, we're setting up base, aren't we, in yeah, Marseille? Yeah, they've already done. Well, Marseille's the Olympic venue, a good venue. It'll be oh, a lovely city. It'll be good there. Watch the All Blacks play Italy there in the 2007 Rugby World Cup. Oh, there you go. <laughs> very, very hot. It'll be hot. And look, I think the conditions here will suit the New Zealanders. I commend yachting New Zealand for setting up a base. A base in Europe, haven't had that before. It's probably cost a bomb. But at least it means they can store... One of the issues for any yachties from this part of the world here in Australia is what do you do... You know, having to transport boats back and forth, containerization of boats back and forth to Europe, it's it's tough on the boats, but but it's it, it's not ideal because you, you spend all that downtime without a boat or you've got to have two sets of gear. So I think for Yachting New Zealand to set up a base up there with accommodation... And for boat storage and and, and uh, coach boat storage is is a damn good idea. Uh, I just want to ask you this: um, P class is that still in existence? Yet they still have the Tanner Cup, or is the Optimist yeah. team to take over? No, the Opti was taking over, but COVID sort of put a bit of a stop to it. The reason people were jumping into Opti's, you know, they wanted to international competition. So the two years of COVID, people. A lot of the young sailors jump back into P-Class. And so the Tanner and Tauranga Cup, so the Tanner Cup is interprovincial. The Tauranga Cup is individual. You're representing your yacht club. Last year, biggest fleet for many years. And um, young Joe Leith from the Murray's Bay Club um, won that. And uh, he, he's another one. He's still a young some kid. of the big names have all won the Tanner Cup. I mean, growing up, Tanner Cup was, was a big deal. Gold standard. Still is, you know. It's still, it's still in terms of uh, benchmarking people yeah it's still well, why hasn't the p class taken off internationally why was it always uh, sort of world famous here in new zealand well it's like any any national class yeah there wasn't the appetite for it internationally probably a bit hard to sail a bit hard to build or, or access um, there's a young kid worth a mention from um, Chartres bay down in, in littleton in, in canterbury will leach he's won the last two optimus nationals He's one to watch for the future. Only 14. He's, he's a good kid. 0800-150-811 if you want to phone the program, have a chat, talk some America's Cup. Don't be afraid to challenge Peter too on um, America's Cup moving to Barcelona. Um, feel free. Uh, like I say, when I'm very much into freedom of speech. 0800-150-811. You can text us here on double eight double three. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Peter Lester, yachting commentator in studio. We are talking all things sailing. Big focus on the America's Cup Sail GP. We just had a look at our small, um, just our small boat program as well. Scott has phoned through. Hi, Scott. G'day, guys. My question uh, is around the, the involvement of Formula One now into the America's Cup. Do you see this as something that's probably going to keep growing in the sport as the sport, you know, pushes more boundaries in the way of speed and and um, design and whatnot uh, with the Red Bull team coming on board with, uh, with uh, Alinghi? I think it's a threat to Team New Zealand because, you know, without a doubt, the, the Formula One technology, some of it, it will be transferable. I think in terms will of... Will it go both ways? Maybe. In terms of the aero aerodynamic packages and, and and those effect, ground effect, and and probably even more importantly, the control systems, the electronic control systems that I assume are used in um, Formula One. And, and we just know now with America's Cup, with these, you know, the 75 footers especially, being able to control the hydraulic output 
versus making incremental adjustments to the sails and the foils is is probably one of the the winning ingredients because the the hydraulic control system is not limitless for them so it has to be very very efficient how the boat uses its hydro uh, its hydraulic capacity to make an adjustment and and I think that's relevant both to formula 1 and to, to sailing and there there'll be some crossover there yeah for sure um you know, it's the way I look at it. The Formula One side of things with Red Bull coming into the picture. You, you mentioned a, a Lingi are not here, you know, just to make up numbers. And neither are Red Bull. Red Bull do everything to win. Um, and it, it, I just think they're going to push the boundary again on what, you know, how much the team will spend on, on being successful. And I just think they've got no ceiling, that team. So I, I just, yeah, I worry about where the sport will end up if a Lingi get, it, get the win again. And uh, price the market out, you know. Yeah, Formula One, you'll all have to join Formula One teams just to compete, and then you've got the same issue you have in Formula One and, and America's Cup. Yeah, I think Formula One. One of the the the, the reasons Formula One, my understanding, have come into the America's Cup is, is a it's in Europe, which is a big deal to them. But I think Formula One have capped their R and D budgets. I think I'm right in saying that, and therefore they can, if they, you know, get into America's Cup technology, it almost circumvents that um, that cap in budget that Formula One have um, put in place, you know, for the cars. So. Look, I I think it is a positive Formula One being in there. I, I really do. I, I don't see any downside at the moment. The America's Cup, if it did start to get out of control in terms of the challenger and the defender, would, would probably have to put some regulation in place to maybe cap the spend uh, in terms of the relationship with motor racing. Hey, Scott, look, thank you for your call. We're just running out of time, but lovely to have your phone out of Taranaki as well. Do appreciate it. Uh, Stay listening. It is coming up to six minutes away from seven. Peter, we've just had a text come in from uh, Jason from Marula Bark in Melbourne. He just wants to know, who was your favourite sports commentator growing up in New Zealand? (laughs) Oh, no. People are interested Uh, in that, aren't they? You, you of course, what are you, of course? Oh, no, I'm a later generation, mate. (laughs) Ah, look... In terms I won't of, mention my high jump final from Rio having 30 million <laughs> views on YouTube, but anyway. Someone that had a big influence on me and, and has given me a lot of help was John Macbeth. Yeah, um, good guy. You know, good, guy. good guy, good friend, and, and certainly when I got into commentary back in, what, 1992, yep. and Macbeth um, was... And to this day, he he's uh, now, the consummate professional gentleman, um, not afraid to yeah, just comes in at the right time and says, "Hey, just watch this, just watch that, exactly, slow it down here, just yeah, back off uh, a little bit of light and shade, and yeah. a wicked sense of humour, yeah, very good sense of humour, <laughs> almost as good as yours, Peter. <laughs> Boy, if only we could do the B side. Um, <laughs> hey, Peter, lovely having you in studio. Um, we've only got about another um, minute left to go. Um, how's your own sailing? Non-existent. Yeah. No, I'm not doing anything. No, in fact, it's been pretty quiet. I'm, look, for me, where I'm at at the moment, I'd, I'd love to do one more America's Cup, World Series, and then the America's Cup. One more Olympics. One more Olympics. God, if, I wouldn't know what to do if, if we went to the Olympics. I didn't have Peter next to me. If Costas will invite me along <laughs> again, we'll wait and see. No, I'd love to do another Olympics. It'll be great in Europe. Marseille will be brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Barcelona, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I still got to have that discussion with Grant Dalton and uh, the the team and how the television will be structured up. A little bit different this time. The world feed, my understanding this time, will have Kiwi accents on it. Fantastic.